Ramble. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of You Can Sit With Us. My name is Maggie, and I'm joined by Becky. Hi. I'm also joined by the lovely Ariel. Hello. And the beautiful Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) That's become our new intro. Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, Today, we have another exciting episode for you. Last week, we dove into a lot of uh, listener questions via email. Um, We only got to about, I want to say, three or four. Yeah. Um, Mm. But we went on a lot of tangents. So this week, we're just going to continue on for some of the more interesting questions that we've received. So, And probably go on a lot more more tangents. tangents. (laughs) Yay, tangents. Dear, you can sit with us. I graduated from college last May, which is great, but now I have to start dressing not like a college student. Nike shorts and t-shirts. I'm really concerned about finding sustainable pieces um, and clothes without (laughs) spending crazy amounts of money, which is made even more difficult when I'm looking at petite sizes because I'm only five feet tall. I hear Mm you. Where do y'all find your cute, cute clothes without feeling like you're contributing to fast fashion? Any advice on dressing like a real adult would be greatly appreciated. Thanks in advance. Best, Maggie. Um, I'm also Margaret. Hey. So hi, Maggie. You rock. <laughs> oh. I'm going to excuse myself from this one because I feel like <laughs> I don't dress well. I you still look beautiful dress like a, you guys today. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. Um, but I look at all of your clothes and I think to myself, where did that come from? So. I think you have a very like easy lovely style Ariel mm-hmm. and you're yeah. always like dressed appropriately for the occasion you're always mm-hmm. like a little dressed up I've never seen you looking like schlubby oh thanks yeah, that is so true, true. Yeah, is, that, is, true. Is, is it like a southern thing I just you get dressed I get dressed you like show up you get dressed I also you know uh I don't get dressed that often mm-hmm. and so when I do I dress up I you know you put time in bed yes yeah. Well, that's a very layered question, I think. Yeah. There were a lot of things going on. Peel the onion back. Gotta peel the onion back. Um, so the one, yeah, the sustainability aspect, because I like to buy things that are made uh, somewhat ethically if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certainly times that I absolutely do not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the conversation around fast fashion is really interesting um, because obviously it does contribute to a ton of waste in mm-hmm. the world, but also it's some of the most accessible clothing clothing for people mm-hmm. to be able to afford. Um, so like fast fashion back in the day was to help people find uh, affordable work clothes, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it kind of got co-opted by um, people just, you know, hauls and wanting to do, you know, lots and lots and lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would say like buying pieces that you really, really like. Um, if you're going to shop somewhere that's like, quote unquote, fast fashion, then like just make sure it's something that's going to last for a long time. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. forgets the extra R in the reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm-hmm. Repair. Yeah. Hey. Try and repair things if yep. you can. So buying something that you're, I love to divide the cost of something by number of times I'm going to wear it. <gasps> cost mm. per wear. Yeah, baby. So <laughs> spending more on a day dress that I wear to work and love makes me feel really good. I put on on the weekends too, rather mm-hmm. than like a special occasion dress that I wear mm-hmm. once or twice to mm-hmm. me feels like it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I also think even if it's from a not sustainable brand, if you're going to wear it for the next eight years, I was just realizing mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. in Vegas a couple weeks ago 
And one of the swimsuits I bought, I brought with me that I love, I realized I've had for 11 years. I think wow. it's just made well, wow. but like, I love it. Yeah. And th- there's no sign of it going anywhere. It's a perfect swimsuit. Yeah. So like, if you're going to wear it for that long, that's sustainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's worth the price, whatever it was, $75. Like that's worth the price because 11 years later, that's like a swimsuit I always bring with me when I go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's important to get things that you feel good in and you like, and that are made with materials that you enjoy wearing, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. if you get something, you know, that's made of polyester and, and you're just like, ugh, you know, I have to wear, I like, I hate this color, uh, mm-hmm. but I, ha- but you know, I got it because it was trendy at the time and I needed it for X, Y, Z. You know, th- that is is probably more fast fashion than you know buying something from the same place. I also really appreciate clothes that you can wash, even if you have to hand wash them. Like being able to wash them and hang them to dry in my own house, mm-hmm. I'm gonna wear them a lot more than yeah. dry clean. I'm the opposite. I'm a dry clean baby. <gasps> Are you really? Wow. Mm-hmm. You want to drop it off? Yeah. Well, my family's always like. I used to go with my mom all the time to the dry cleaner, and they mm-hmm. were very like, if you buy something that's made with good materials, it should last you a very long time. Mm-hmm. So don't put it in your washer. And mm. I, it's oh. stuck with me. Oh. I have so many clothes that like, and there are things that like, I, the things that I'll take to the dry cleaner, I'll mm-hmm. save up. So there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's usually like dresses or things that like aren't in my armpits or like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Um, I think it depends yeah. on the material. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm so hard. My entire family is so hard on their clothes. And my, I mean, like my nuclear family, you know, Ned, yeah. me, <laughs> you're Wes, talking about Wes and Finn. We are all so hard on our clothes. They get washed. Oh my goodness. Like probably like a pair of jeans that Ned wears or I wear or like a shirt or shorts that Wes wears at like three times a week. Whoa. Getting washed. Oh Whoa. yeah. I don't wash yeah. my jeans every single time. Yeah. Stuff just gets dirty. I don't wash my jeans. We've. We've been here. We've been yeah, over we've this. We've been we did a laundry yeah. episode. Go back, guys. Go back. Yeah, I, I I have to wash my jeans because oh. not because I get like a sweaty butt, uh, mm. which Ned does. I do. Okay. But, <laughs> you have a sweaty butt. Yeah. No, but I I just get, no shame here. No I get, shame. I just get stuff on my jeans. Yeah. You know, mm. like mm-hmm. the like kids' hands. I have a habit of wiping stuff on my <laughs> own jeans. I think I've seen you do that. You're like yeah, dining room like slash aerial. Yeah. I do it to myself. Could I'm, you spot I'm wash? a garbage human being and I wipe my hands on my pants um, because I know I'm going to wash them and I know yeah. that they're going to get dirty any like with other stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so like half of my p- pants have like oil stains on them or something. And like, uh, okay, this morning, for example, I put on two pairs of jeans before I put on this pair of jeans and each of them had a like sort of a, a an oily stain TikTok and they were freshly washed remove that mm-hmm. thank god it's just some dawn dish soap baby mm-hmm. that's what really? they say dawn dish, dawn dish soap or the other one is dry shampoo like a scrubby oh. mm-hmm. you scrub it I haven't tried it either I take just I've done the dawn dish soap before mm-hmm. um you just yeah just a little bit of the dawn and you put it on like a, I have a toothbrush mm-hmm. for like cleaning mm-hmm. weird things and so I just take the little tube and then you rinse with cold water. Okay. Yeah. All right. It'll Good help to take that little stain out. Good to know. You can also put it in the wash afterwards, but try spot washing. Try giving spot washing. Try the Dawn dish okay. Yeah. All my crew necks, like my light colored mm. crew necks just all have spots and I've just kind of embraced those spots. I'm like, yeah, mm. you know, everyone's like, you got some spots. I was like, oh yeah, I got some coffee this morning. You know, it's, it's been there forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's been there for 15 years. Yeah. Uh, 
Mags, where do you shop? Because you have very cute, trendy clothes. Oh, thank you. I feel like I go to a mixture of places. I do vintage. I also mm-hmm. do a little bit of fast fashion. I am mm-hmm. guilty there. Um, but a lot of the pieces I do try and pick, like I really love jackets. And mm-hmm. so Zach and I love to share jackets as well. This you is do. actually I his jacket. I love that about you guys. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I like going out of town. Like whenever I'm out of town in a new city, I love going to their vintage stores because I feel like Mm, they have, right? Each city has like their own style and like Mm -hmm. people donating clothes. Um, There's this uh, street that I grew up going to quite often. It's in Long Beach. um, And it's just an entire street of vintage stores. And Mm -hmm. you can kind of, it's fun. Yeah, I would go after the Long Beach flea market. We'd go there and it's super Mm -hmm. cute. Yeah. Um, but where else have I gone? Um, sometimes when I don't want to look, like if I want something fast fashion-y, like something Zara-esque, mm-hmm. uh-huh. sometimes I'll look at Pull and Bear and it's more, Euro- like more Europeans will order from Pull and Bear. Oh, I've never um, even heard of this. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, now cool. we all know where, Be- where Maggie gets her clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't like really done like a big shopping haul recently though. I know. I don't know. Because we've all been in sweatpants. We've all been in sweatpants. I love my good sweatpants. (laughs) I did buy like two new pairs of sweatpants this year. Yeah. There's a good sustainable brand that I buy Mm. sweatpants from that I really like. And they last forever. I can wash them Mm -hmm. indefinitely and they're still holding up. What's the brand? Uh, Mate the Label. They had a really big sale um, that I got two sweatpants from. Yeah. And Becky, you've dabbled in the capsule wardrobe. Correct. I tried. I tried to do a capsule and it just didn't work. Okay, really? well, it didn't work because I was just telling someone recently <laughs> that I need a uniform to take the stress out of getting ready. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mm. Like I just need a uniform yeah. so I know every day what I'm going into, what my options are instead of being like, this doesn't fit anymore after a year of oh, pandemic. Yeah. Where are my pants? <laughs> I That's a real problem. I'm like researching like, okay, what do you do with this capsule wardrobe? Mm. How am I going to do it? Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So what is a capsule wardrobe? So capsule wardrobe is where you have like, I think it was like 35-ish pieces that can all be interchanged and work together. So mm. when you wake up in the morning, it's not as hardcore as being like a Steve Jobs and wearing or the Theranos lady and just wearing mm-hmm. the exact same outfit every day. Mm-hmm. You have a little bit more variation, but all of those pieces can work together. Right. So if you're ever like, I don't have anything to wear, you do. There's something that you can make work. Mm-hmm. I would say it's easier if you're, um, one, very thin, um, because that's most of the clothes that Things are made for you. <laughs> that are, yeah, most of the clothes are made for you. So you don't have to shop around quite as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you, like, I have sensory issues. So like, Wearing things that are like too tight in certain places or certain fabrics or like I don't like wearing clothes that have tags on them, like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the back tags. Mm-hmm. So like finding that was very difficult <laughs> just because I had mm-hmm. so many stipulations. I'm also very sweaty, so I don't like anything in my armpits. Yep. I like everything to be very mm-hmm. open. Yep. Um, so I went for my own kind of capsule wardrobe. 
<laughs> which is now just dresses. Is yeah, there a blue summer dresses out mm-hmm. there where it's like you should have this mm-hmm. many pants and like, yeah, yeah. you can okay. Google people make like uh, charts and they'll mm-hmm. tell you essentially like what you should have like five T-shirts, six mm-hmm. button downs, three jackets, three pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're I've usually pretty like neutral. I would say they also do some people do color palettes, which is like a similar way to do a capsule wardrobe, but you can buy more. Uh Um, So it's you pick what your colors are. Yeah. So I feel like Ariel, you kind of do that already because you like very similar colors. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I my color palette is (laughs) black Uh stripes. Yeah. (laughs) Blue. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes white. Like, yep. yeah, that's so you about pick like it. your primary colors, and then you pick the secondary ones that you can kind of like mix and match. But mm-hmm. it's and all then essentially you've got some fun, like golds and yellows. Yeah. That yeah. Show up. Mm-hmm. I throw those in. I'm mostly OK. So I do not gravitate towards color uh, just naturally. Like mm-hmm. I would not wear a colorful shirt uh, in my daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, I have bought all those clothes because uh, of being on camera. Because I know, because you're not supposed to wear like stripes on camera. You're not supposed to wear white or black. Mm -hmm. So my only option (laughs) was blue. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is only half on camera, right? Um, (laughs) But uh, um, yeah. And so all the colors that I own, I look through my closet and I'm like, I got that for a video. I got that for a video. I got that Mm. for a video. It's they're they're all for videos. And I and I do feel like it's sort of like informed the way that I dress. You know, I'll I'll look at my clothes and kind of be like, oh well. Yeah, I'll wear a colorful shirt to dinner tonight because I own it, you mm-hmm. know, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. I am my comfort zone is a black shirt with mm-hmm. jeans. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it is kind of like a uniform. Yeah. Do you guys remember how you built your wardrobes when you came out of college, though? Do you like there was really that transition? Yeah. Did you guys buy suits? Absolutely. Well, I go to mm. I go to work in pajamas, so that kind of takes out the uh-huh. the making decisions on what I'm supposed to wear mm-hmm. throughout the week, which is great. I mm. I hated uniforms uh, in Catholic school, uh-huh. but when I became a nurse, I'm like, awesome! Another thing that I don't have to think about. Yeah. Basically, yeah. what I want my u- work uniform. Yeah, to be. yeah. You should just have different dresses. And I different, feel like you're in all the primary all colors. colors. Yeah. yeah, it is kind of dresses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't remember it changing much. But I still think that I dress similarly that I did mm-hmm. in college. Like there's some days where I'm in full sweats. There's some days that I'm in leggings mm-hmm. and a sweater. Mm-hmm. There's some days where I'm in dresses. And yep. I think mm-hmm. anytime you're doing something new that's cost prohibitive, like for me, it was when we moved into our house and suddenly we had like a big kitchen mm-hmm. and I wanted all these kind of kitchen appliances and stuff is to just do it one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you have an interview, go get an outfit for the interview. Mm-hmm. If you have an internship, buy like, four tops that can go with the pants you bought for the interview and yeah. cycle through them just to do it kind of slowly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no reason to go out and do like a haul. You know, you don't need to go out and buy four suits um, mm. because a, it's going to be very expensive and B, you know, you're not going to wear them all at the same time. You mm-hmm. can always mm-hmm. mix and match, you know, and you may find that the job that you get doesn't even need a suit. Yeah. 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 That's you know? true. And I have for like events and things like that. I have rented where I like, oh, I want to yes. wear this really nice dress, but I don't think I'm going to keep wearing it. So let me just try and oh, yeah. the rent for special thing. occasions, yeah. renting or borrowing dresses. Mm-hmm. The best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to do renting too. Also, word to the wise people. You can wear the same pants five days a week and no one will care. No, no one will notice. <laughs> 
Yeah, you totally can. Unless you're um, on a podcast where you do double recording sometimes, <laughs> and then you have to bring two outfits um, to keep the illusion up. <laughs> you can wear the same pants with two different tops. I'm pretty sure I've worn. Yeah, I just switched the top. I just switched mm-hmm. the top. Yeah. yeah. I just mean if you bought one good pair of work pants mm-hmm. and you're just really not trying to spend a lot of money you don't have because you're searching for a job out of college, mm-hmm. um, you could wear those pants five days a week as needed. Do you guys have a favorite pair of like? just very flattering kind of professional black pants. Cause I feel like that no. is the, <laughs> no. like that no. was the number one thing no. that I needed when I graduated from college and went into like a professional setting. So mm-hmm. I worked as an interior designer mm-hmm. with like a company, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we dress nicely every day. And I remember going to my interview for this company and I really, really wanted um, I, I have pictures in my phone actually of me taking like, cause I wasn't with like Ned was in Chicago at the time and I was in LA mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and so I was taking pictures of my outfits and like, is this kind of trendy enough, but also like professional enough mm-hmm. to, for this interview. And I ended up wearing a, like a sort of, I ended up wearing a suit to the interview, but it was a more like avant-garde suit, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was like. Ann Taylor, I think, or something like that. <laughs> you know, my avant-garde, <laughs> my avant-garde suit. suit. Uh, you know, but it had like it had like a different cut, and it it didn't it, it, like the sleeves went to like my elbow instead of all the way down. You know, it wasn't like a Banana mm-hmm. Republic suit. It was like a sort of a different type of suit. Um, yeah, and I just remember thinking that like that was awesome, mm-hmm. and that this was really gonna be the thing. And I've never worn that suit again. Oh, I've never worn it again. But, you know, I felt great in my interview. You know, California is funny, though. You don't we don't dress up here. No, we don't. Mm -hmm. People don't. I mean, maybe people at some legal firms or something. Mm -hmm. do. But on the whole, it's very casual. It's very casual. Like even uh, I've seen a lot lately, the suit, like the blazer tops with like very cute shorts. Mm. That's very good. I I do too. I'm dying to get matching like linen blazer and shorts. That'd be a good workout. So cute. cute. That'd be good. Yeah. Let's go shopping. Okay. Yeah. We'll all get different colors. (laughs) We'll get different colors. (laughs) Or like um, the. We can have a you can sit with us uh, uh, uniform. So we don't have to think so much about what we're going to wear. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. We just wear a uniform every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can never tell when we've recorded the podcast. <gasps> Ever. <laughs> Secrets. Also, if the AC doesn't come on, the uniform can be a swimsuit. <laughs> it's going to be a bathing suit any day now. <laughs> it's hot girl summer, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Good luck, Maggie. You got yeah, this. One piece, piece at a time. Oh, but the where things going, you love. Get yeah. yourself, get yourself a pair of of flattering black pants. Yeah, that you're very comfortable wearing. Because um, job interviews. Yeah, and stuff. black pants mm-hmm. go with everything. You can wear a t-shirt with black pants and you look put together. Mm-hmm. True. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, hello. I'm writing for advice concerning supporting friends with kids without feeling so alone. My closest friends both have families now, and I adore their children. I believe you're called the most beloved auntie in the world. Mm -hmm. That's just my saying that. Um, However, I'm feeling isolated because I don't have children of my own and I'm child free by choice. And it's impossible to get them to connect or have a conversation that doesn't revolve around pregnancy, kids, the pregnancies of people we barely know, et cetera. I'm happy to listen and share and support them, but I'm feeling really alone without support from them. 
do you guys, um, cause we're half and half. We have kids. You don't have kids. Um, do you guys, uh, understand where I'm coming from and have any advice as to how to navigate communicating that I'm feeling isolated and unsupported while still maintaining that I want to hear about their kids. Um, there are lots of resources for mamas out there, but nothing really for women who are child free by choice and find themselves feeling alone. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, good question. Yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a great that's question. question. Yeah. Gosh. Friendships take work, don't they? They Even do. Even adult friendships take effort and work. Yeah. Do you guys want to start with that one? I mean, I can, we, we can we can speak from our. Well, okay. So yeah. Uh, Ned and I had kids when like before many of our friends, mm-hmm. and so I, and you know my kids are very much a part of my life and 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 a part of Ned's life. You know, it's like a joke that that like parenting is sort of a, a like part of our personalities now, you know? And so I, I am very aware of like talking about my kids and, mm-hmm. and like, especially with people who don't have kids. Um, and so what I would say to her is like the easiest thing for, for me is if somebody, it, it, it you know, just says to me like, you know, Hey, let's talk about something else or like, Mm-hmm. you know because yeah. then then it's like okay but but if if the person is is like very interested in my kids i can talk about them all day long <laughs> i can talk about pregnancy all day long i can talk about my kids i can talk about mm-hmm. you know just like being a mom yeah and if somebody encourages that then i will continue because that is what i have to talk about you know mm-hmm. but I can be a, a a different, you know, I can talk about other things too. And so it's really, I think, um, I think it's probably just a matter of telling your friends like, Hey, I, I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about this. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder if you guys have felt like you've lost any friends to parenthood, like people you're not as close with since they became parents. Mm, all my pregnant friends other than you guys are in Illinois. So mm. we became mm. <laughs> distant by literal distance. Literal distance. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, I get where she's coming from. I think I've had sort of a different experience. I love talking about my friends' kids. Like sometimes I'm like, I just like turning my brain off and talking about something that I literally don't even have to think about. I'm like, <laughs> I can just sit here and be like, look at this cute fucking child. (laughs) And like, I could do that for hours. But the thing that I do feel like makes me feel distant from my friends is let's say I say, I'm so tired. Uh And the follow up of just wait till you're pregnant, just wait till you have kids. And I'm like, okay, so if I never have kids, my tiredness is never, is not valid ever. So I can, I can see where she's coming from Mm -hmm. in that regard. But I would also agree. Like you just have to, if they're really your friends, you have to say something. Yeah. 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 And just be like, Hey man, I don't, I don't like, I've said it to my friends before where I've been like, you know, it makes me feel really invalidated when you say like, just wait till you have kids or just wait till you're pregnant. Like it's fine, but it just feels invalidating. Right. Yeah. It's like and you didn't my, hear me. My feelings are valid too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And whenever I've said that, it's been like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't really, I didn't mean it that way. My bad. I yeah. think, yeah. you know, it's more mm-hmm. of a like, oh yeah, thank you. I didn't realize what I was doing when I said it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Actually that's, and it's, and it's important to remind, you know, as somebody who's been on the other side of that, it's important to remind your mom friends that like, hey, like my feelings are valid too. Like just because yeah. I don't have the experience that you have, uh, like, doesn't mean things aren't hard for me or that I don't have enough time in the day or, you know, it's like, yeah. just because you have kids doesn't make 
your life more important? I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or huh. just because your life is really hard right now doesn't mean that my life isn't hard for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I think she is saying, though, that she does want to hear about her friend's kids. She just wants her friends who are moms mm-hmm. to reach out to her more, to yeah. support yeah. her more, and to be interested in her life as well. Yeah. She's interested in their kids, mm-hmm. but she also she wants a two-way street. Yeah. yeah. I think some of the, like, the best friendship I have with people are just like, the common interest that you're so interested in that person's life and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe if, I don't know, reach out. You don't even have to, I don't know. You can let them know, like after you've been talking about their kids for a long time, you can maybe inform them and update them on what's going on in her life mm-hmm. personally and see like where the conversation goes. Cause maybe they just start talking about their kids and that's what they're so used to because I mean, being a mother and raising a family is work and it becomes like your whole entire life, especially if you don't have outside help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see how that becomes the center of the conversation very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think there are parts of motherhood where you just feel like you're barely getting through. Right. Early mm-hmm. motherhood, when you first go back to work, if you mm-hmm. do, where you're like, oh, texting my friends for fun, that's not fun. That's just... Like there are definitely times in my life where someone texting me and my needing to respond is another level of like mm. work mm. or like I remember bringing the babies to meet some friends of mine at the park and they were like, could you stop and grab these sandwiches on the way? And I was like, I have to take the kids out of the car seats and put them in the stroller and bring the stroller down and, put them <laughs> yeah. and I already need to feed them again in an hour. So that's going to add 20 minutes. And I have to park and do it. And like, I was just like, Oh my God. That's a lot. No, can you go get them? You don't have kids in the car with you. Anyways, just stuff like that where you feel like, oh, I can't. But not all of parenthood is like that. And if you want to continue your your friendship, I think you have to sit them down at some point and be like, you never call me or text me. I only Mm -hmm. text you. And I know you're busy with the kids and I want to hear about that. But like, I just want to have a more active, engaged friendship. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. conversations are hard to bring up, but like mm-hmm. that's what it takes sometimes. Yeah. And I, you know, you might, you might lose some friends, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not mm-hmm. like some, mm-hmm. like for some people that can be really hard to hear and maybe they don't have the capacity to, to be the like instigator of, of plans and things like that, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah. so it, it may be that, you know, the friend says, well, I just don't have the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if you want to keep going out to lunch, then, uh, I, you're going to have, schedule yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I but mean, having that conversation and really like hearing each other, that's friendship. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. a lifelong friendship to me. So you have, even if what you have to say is I'm just not in a chapter of my life right now where I can do that or I can think to do that. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you have to hear that and be like, okay, it's a, it's temporary, but I can do the majority of the reaching out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to navigate friendships. It is. Yeah. yeah. Especially through life stages and how they ebb and flow, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's Okay. Like, you know, having having a friend who maybe you haven't talked to in a while, don't feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just reach out, yeah. you know, see if it's still the same friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will yeah. say that it, it, it is, uh, it's nice to be able to vent about your kids sometimes. <laughs> so thank you to all the, all the people who listen. 
<laughs> okay. My question involved meeting your significant other's family. I've been with my person for more than a year, but I still get crazy nervous around his family. What are some of your tips for meeting your significant other's family and easing the nerves? Thanks so much. It is nerve wracking to meet your significant other's family, especially for the first time. Yeah. 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 There can be a lot of pressure, especially if you're like deeply in love and you're Mm -hmm. like, this could be my person this is it you yeah. really want to like you want I was them to so like you nervous the first time i met zach's family yeah, I, think I, met him. I met his mom and his sister and his grandmother for the first time when they flew out to la and uh zach's mom wanted to do something special for grammy and she lives out here mm-hmm. and so she booked a little sunset cruise and mm-hmm. i have <laughs> horrible motion sickness <gasps> and no. i thought that i had grown out of it <gasps> no you have to take drama me yeah i thought i was like oh that's something i kind of dealt with when i was like 11 mm. i'm in my 20s now it's fine oh, so no. we get on the boat and it was like i don't think it was that big of swells but i think i'm the just motion of the ocean but the very first time i met the three of them i had to go to the bottom of this tiny little boat and i was just oh yeah and that same day i'm lactose intolerant um i decided to have mcconnell's ice cream because it's delicious oh, um, no. <laughs> and it just was not sitting well so i was just vomiting ice cream and they only had clear bags on the boat <gasps> and Zach was like holding on to the bag. Oh, oh my so God. So bad. It was mortifying. <laughs> Luckily it ended up working out, but that was one of their first memories they had of oh, me. No, and I was like, so nice to meet you. <laughs> but, but I ended up having to sit at the the tip of the, the bow of the boat. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, with Zach. And yeah, it was bad. I had to be really antisocial that that first meeting. I'm meet. so sorry. <laughs> but don't be nervous. Like after that, it was just like they were family because we had just had that experience together. Yeah. Yeah. Bonding. And, yeah. And, and that's part of it is, you know, uh, something that, that I learned uh, later mm-hmm. is that uh, if your partner is very like, if you and your partner are in it for like, the long haul or, you know, if, if you're very interested in each other and, and it like their family cares about Mm -hmm. that, Uh uh, they're also going to be nervous to meet you, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because they're going to want you to like them too. Yeah. It's not a one way street where you have to impress the mother-in-law or you have to like, you know, be the, the like perfect person for them. Mm -hmm. Like they, want you to like them as well. So they're going to be nervous too. And so the Mm -hmm. fact that like you had this mortifying experience (laughs) probably bonded you guys like even more because they were nervous too. And they're like, oh, you know, we have like Maggie's so funny. We have to take care of her. She's, you know. Oh my gosh. I I can... it I sat with me for, how, like, we laugh about it now, but it sat with me for so long because oh, okay. I was like, so oh my sorry. God, they're never going to like me. What kind of first impression was that? <laughs> and they um, probably, I mean, they probably love you even more, you yeah. know, because it was such a, like a bonding experience. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but y- y- of course you're going to be nervous because also times that you meet the in-laws is, are usually around like holidays. Mm-hmm. So these big, oh, yeah, yeah. like, you know, they wanted to do something nice for grandma. So it's like a, a this big deal where they go on a sunset cruise or something of like that. Of course you felt like you couldn't say no. Yeah. Right. And I was it's like, I'll be there. 
you yeah. know, or, or like a, or like Christmas or, you know, like around the holidays where you, maybe you, maybe you have to get somebody a gift or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're so stressed out about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Becky, do you remember me and Keith's parents for the first time? Yeah, it was just with well, they were in the suburbs. We just mom, I like parents. I've always been good with parents. So I bet parents I really like good with best. people. I'm very good with people who are older than me, like much older. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you're like, it felt bad that I couldn't relate to that question. I was like, yeah. no, I really wasn't nervous. I get more nervous meeting like friends and people mm-hmm. that are like my age than I get meeting someone's parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for those of you who don't know Becky. Uh, she is a parent's dream. Just so good with people. <laughs> yeah, I think. Do you think it comes from like just being, uh, uh, like working in a service industry where you're just around people all the time? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I think. I also, also just being Midwestern. You're just I so. Midwestern. Midwestern. I had to be nice to people for money. You you're know. So <laughs> it just kind of became like the back back of your head. Got really good at just smiling. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You can't trust that smile. <laughs> no. <laughs> And what about meeting Ned's parents? Do you remember that? Oh, I was very nervous. Extremely you were also like nervous. I was young. 18. I was young and and uh we I didn't meet them until we had gotten engaged. Mm. And oh wow. That's right. And I and and I uh they thought that we were too young. Mm-hmm. And uh and so uh it was it already was off on like this, you know, sort of weird foot where I felt like I was in a situation for them not to like me because we, because, you know, we had made a, a ch- choice together as young people, me and Ned, that we mm-hmm. were going to, you know, do this with our lives. And, and, uh, you know, so I felt like they were just in my head, this, th- I don't think this happened, but like in my head, they were looking for something to not like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that can be really difficult. So Jenny, they're nervous to meet you too. Yeah, yeah they are equally. They are. And you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You can do fine. And rely on, I think you should just rely on your partner to make that situation as smooth as possible for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. let them know that you're nervous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your person should be doing the work for yeah. the family and for you. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wait, but what about Watts' family? We didn't hear from oh. Rachel. Um, Watts's parents are very lovely. They're very Midwestern. So they're very welcoming and open. Mm. Um, and I went to, I went home with him to go to this big family wedding. Watts has a really tiny family. And so there was only going to be one more wedding besides ours, but we didn't know about that yet. Um, and I went to it. So I met all of them at once. I made this funny faux pas, which he abandoned me immediately to like, go be a part of the grooms for the day. And I was just sort of like following his mom around and I knew I was meeting his sister and his cousin, but I got them mixed up. So when I, she brought me downstairs where everyone, all the bridesmaids were getting ready and everything. Like, why am I there? I don't know anyone. (laughs) And she introduced me to his sister. I was like, oh, thank you so much for letting me come to the wedding. It wasn't her wedding. It was his cousin's (gasps) wedding. Oh no. And and then when she introduced me to the bride, I was like, oh, hey, how are you? I like mixed them up. And then later when Nicole put on her wedding dress, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> right. Oh, Oopsie. No. All right. My name is Allie and I am 13 years old. I absolutely love your podcast. It makes me feel like I'm listening and chatting with an older sister of friends. I was wondering if you guys have ever struggled with communication, mm-hmm. like asking for help, telling information, showing emotion, sharing an opinion. It's something I struggle with and I would love any tips you have. 
it makes me start to think back to like, you know, when I was 13 and what that was like. Mm -hmm. But then talking about communication now is a little bit different because it's, I feel like most of my trouble with communication is uh, like with the public, you know, Mm. like Mm. trying to communicate thoughts and feelings without them getting misconstrued, Mm. you know, Mm. does, I mean, is that maybe what she wants to talk about or I don't know. I feel like when I was 13, I was incredibly shy to like ask people not at like my school or my family for help or directions Mm -hmm. or like if my mom was like ever oh go pay for this while I pump gas or something I'd be like no Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I don't want to do or ordering food at a restaurant yeah or ordering food you do it yeah Yeah. Yeah. even asking questions in class sometimes I would wait till we started working on our assignment and I'd quietly raise my hand or I'd like go to the teacher's desk because I I was always nervous that I was going to ask a dumb question yeah Yeah. I had literal trouble communicating when I was little because I had such bad speech impediments Mm. so that was like very stressful Uh as a kid Mm -hmm. because you're trying to get what you know you're trying to be heard and I love talking but Mm -hmm. like every you know sent and really every word had a letter that I couldn't say because I couldn't say I had a lisp and I had a lateral jaw thrust so I couldn't say c-h-s-h-j-g any of those you're gonna be like not even understood when you did talk yeah and like when you're little you're doing like Imagine that I pledge allegiance. Oh. The entire that whole first part, you're like, I can't say any of that. I literally oh. can't say it. Oh, I can't oh say my it. Yeah. That's so That's stressful. Tough. Yeah, I think it did. It stresses kids out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she has a speech impediment, but sounds like no. <laughs> but she wants to communicate. I, I just think when you're little, that confidence really isn't there. And 13 mm-hmm. is still little. I know the world would say 13 year olds. Mm-hmm are like grown ups, but they're really not. Mm-hmm. No. And you're constantly comparing yourself to other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a very vivid memory of being in middle school and, uh, um, my friend, so I, my friend Carol, who, uh, is still one of my very, very best friends. Mm-hmm. She is extremely outgoing. It still is. And was when we were in middle school. Um, and, uh, and she's just, she's so good with people. She always had like, just people would flock to her, you know, friends, boys. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, she was just so good at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and still is, I mean, she's, she's a great friend to have in middle school. She's, a, she's, a, <laughs> she's like just a cool, cool person. Um, and, but yeah, we, and we met in elementary school, you know, so like we grew up together and, um, uh, so, you know, I, I've always been very introverted and she's always been very extroverted. And there were times when I relied on her to communicate for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then there were times that I would think to myself, like, why can't I be more like Carol? Like, mm-hmm. you know, why am I too shy to raise my hand to answer a question that I know the answer to? Mm. Why am I like, why can't I go talk to this boy uh, you know, why don't I have a boyfriend? Why, it, like, why can this person do this and I cannot? You know, and uh, and so it wasn't until I realized that there was nothing wrong with the way that I approached the world, uh, 
it was just different from the way that she did, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's, there's nothing wrong with being quiet or being shy. Um, you know, it, it, it could be that you are just comparing yourself to somebody else who's a little bit more outgoing mm-hmm. or it just comes a little bit easier for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Shout out to Carol. Shout She's, out to shout Carol. Out to Carol. <laughs> truly like everything. one of my best friends, uh, it, like still, and I haven't seen her for years. You know, it's just a sort of, it's one of those friends that you see them and it's exactly the same, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the best. Okay. Um, my name is Natalie. I'm 19 years old and I was born and raised Catholic and I'm an ally. I was never told that being queer was a sin in quotes until I was a teen. But when I was a child, I realized that people were being ostracized and straight up attacked because of their sexual orientation. And I knew that it was wrong. To this day, I firmly believe that being queer isn't a sin. Absolutely. It is not. And I'm still actively Catholic. I know so many Catholic youth who agree with me too. I posted about it and I was told by an older lady that I was less Catholic than her because I believe that. Don't worry. I definitely gave her a piece of my mind. (laughs) I know that Becky and Maggie, I think, uh, were raised Catholic. And I wanted to know if you guys have faced anything like that too. And I hope you have a great whatever time of day. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. So polite. So it's a really great 11 a.m. Whatever (laughs) time of day. Love it. Um, let's see. I grew up or I went to school for 12 years at Catholic school. Um, my sister is gay. Um, and I know it just kind of gave her a lot of shame and doubt and it took a lot longer for her to come out because of it. So seeing her go through that and like there were, we had debates in religion class where we would talk about certain issues that we were passionate about. And it was my favorite, my sister's favorite thing to do to get in front of the class and do the rebuttals. And there were people that would go against her and like try and, and she was never outwardly open until she graduated college. I don't want to like totally poo poo on my school because, because of it, but there were some certain instructors that were very, just would tear people apart and make them feel shameful for certain issues like abortion. Abortion was another one that people would do debates on and um, hmm. it would get pretty heated in the classroom. What about, was your, how about you, Becky? What was your experience? So I didn't go to Catholic school, but we had this thing called CCD. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it stands for, mm-hmm. but it was Wednesday nights and we had to go. It was like religion class, basically. Um, and I think definitely going to that was like the first time that I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Because my, you know, I was raised Catholic, which my mom was too. And my dad was raised Mormon and he's not practicing anymore. But Mm -hmm. uh, I knew those things, right? I knew my dad had been a Mormon before and or followed the Mormon religion before. Uh, And in CCD, I was like in third grade or fourth grade. And they were like, by the way, only Catholics go to heaven. And I was like, Hmm? what? Excuse me? What? And I remember being like very upset. And I know my mom was like pretty mad about it too. Cause she was like, why don't you tell a child that? Like, right. What's wrong with you? Um, so yeah, I started, I think that's where I started to get, cause I'm pretty vocally like anti-organized religion. I just, mm-hmm. I think it's been too weaponized for political gain that it's so mm-hmm. intertwined. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And people will, you know, I have a lot of people in my life that are single issue voters and like, I'm sorry if it sounds harsh, but like, screw you, man. If you are a single issue voter and you're voting for 
someone who's going to take away someone else's rights just because you don't believe someone can have an abortion or should have abortions. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you might be a bad person. And by might, I mean, you're a bad person. (laughs) Yeah. You are a bad person. You should not. It's so messed up that people will take religion and weaponize it in this way when there are other ways that it can be so beautiful for people. And so like, Mm -hmm. yeah, helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I absolutely agree that like, I get heated up. I have so many problems with religion that yeah. I can't even get into it because I'll just be like raging against the machine. Yeah. yeah. I also do not believe in organized religion at yeah. all. Yeah. And it was shoved down my throat as a kid. And right. I find really? the whole thing very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it can be so helpful for people. Like I've, yeah, had, sure. I've known mm-hmm. people who have lost people and that's a very big comfort for them to mm-hmm. like, you know, believe in heaven or mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm hmm. There are also people that I know that have like thought about killing themselves because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're gay or they're sorry. It makes me so emotional. It's just so fucked up that somebody would tell the things that they probably told your sister. Mm -hmm. It's messed up. You shouldn't tell kids that. And Mm -hmm. to hide behind religion and weaponize it in that way. It's just. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, There's probably kids listening to the podcast right now that feel like they can't be themselves or that their parents won't love them or it has actually happened to them, you know, that their Mm -hmm. parents have kicked them out or told them that they're unlovable because they're queer or gay or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it just really gets me going. Yeah. 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 And it's not okay. It gets me going. Yeah. And like the amount of moral like dilemmas that that I've had and she's had just from all of that yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot yeah those should have never been placed on her to begin with there (laughs) there's no moral dilemma to being queer Mm -hmm. there shouldn't be because we should have a world where that is absolutely one of the like Mm -hmm. acceptance across all the people should have the moral dilemma are the ones tearing kids apart in a classroom Mm -hmm. for making them debate their opinions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's fucking evil Mm -hmm. It's tough, though, because it's so interwoven with our politics, with our just yeah. life in general. Like, imagine think... if a president was like, mm-hmm. I'm not religious. Right. Yeah. Right. He won't, there's he, no he separation won't. of church and yeah. state. There yeah. really isn't. It's a fallacy these days mm-hmm. because of how it's been weaponized. Yes. I think but there, there could be a world where, you know, mm-hmm. we, we separate them and it all works out. But then I think churches would have to pay taxes. No, I mean, just, you know, to pay taxes. I'm just saying I don't think you should get PPE loans and not pay taxes. Yeah. When Agreed. there are small businesses that do pay taxes and Agreed. didn't get the loans. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But this is all new. This has gone from religion to now. Politics. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, they go back and forth because they are so intertwined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I I mean, I I think that there are there like there are a lot of people who get a lot of good out of religion. But yeah. mm-hmm. there are so many ways that it has been weaponized that it has become something that is it, it is so negative to so many people. Yeah. Good on that writer in or gal to to stand up to a person who told her, yeah. you know, that she was less Catholic yeah. than she was. You're like, not less Catholic. No. Yeah. You are you're if you believe that God loves everyone, then you're you're doing it. You're yeah. you're being a better Catholic than she is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and also Old woman the thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way is when like like i think it's great for 
for someone to to get a lot out of religion and and to feel very spiritual and you know maybe you have a great um like social network at your at your church or something like mm-hmm. that but when you when you take that and then try to to like make somebody else feel bad because they don't have that mm-hmm. um that's when that's when it becomes really uh, it 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 kind of makes me a little bit angry, you know, yeah. because it's like, well, now you're taking something that is like that is beautiful for you, but and making it really hurtful to somebody else, mm-hmm. um, and and you're sort of making something that that is good and something that is bad, and now it is, you know, you made a nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. piece where they're like, oh, you have to believe what I believe, or you're going to hell, is highly problematic. Yeah. And, and, you know, even just in this story, like she's, she's trying to, you know, to, to, to be a, like a f- somebody of faith, you yeah. know, and, and now here's somebody who says that she's not good enough, you know, yeah. that's not, that's not okay. Like mm-hmm. it, you just, you can't bring people down like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Somebody who who is like you just have to support people that are trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to trying to put myself in in, in her position, yeah. and, and like, what would I say if I were in that position? I would say like, don't like I can be as Catholic as I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It sounds like she kind of took care of it. She was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. peace of my mind. Yeah. yeah, I was like, way to go. What do you need our help yeah. for? You're crushing yeah. it. You don't need our help. You don't need our help. You crushed it. Do what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, believe what you want to believe. And yes, mm-hmm. if someone's going to come after that and tell you you're not a good person because you love everyone. Yeah. They yeah. maybe need to look in a mirror. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, seriously. Well, we answered almost all the questions, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, you guys wrote a lot of questions, but mm-hmm. yeah, we, we just pulled out a selection. Yeah. Yes. Just grabbed a couple. Yeah. But like we said, deep questions yeah. that you guys mm-hmm. are are mm-hmm. throwing at us here. So yeah. we're 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 trying to, you know, give it back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we managed that. <laughs> we did our best. We did our best. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I think the key takeaway from this week is just be kind to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, yeah. I love you, Maggie. I love you all. And Thank I love you so Becky. much. <laughs> and so I love much you, Rachel. I love you. Oh, I That's love where you. I was going with that. I was going to give <laughs> all, all yeah. of you love. <laughs> just me. <laughs> just Maggie. Just Maggie. We love so you, much. Maggie. <laughs> love you, Maggie. <laughs> all right. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.